Okay, give me the needle. You guys always play music from these tiny little speakers, so you basically kept one of the greatest inventions from me. It moves through your body like, like waves, okay? And it sinks to your bones, and you can feel the ground and the sky at the same time as if, as if, you, as if you're the thing that's keeping it together, you know? I'm 19, and I heard bass for the first time? That's abuse. Welcome to The Needle Exchange, the podcast where our amateur musicologists, the dilettante DJs, curate, discuss, and share playlists built on a common theme. My name is Jim Jewell, your host, and I am all about that bass, about that bass, no treble. Joining me here in the smoky back break room of our fictional record store are... Hi, Rob McGregor. Hi, I'm Zach Pruitt, and uh, I haven't got a damn clue about Randy Moore and his fucking Oreos. <laughs> I am Jose Amador, and I uh, implore you to heed the words of Michael Franti when he says, The bass, the treble, don't make the rebel. Having his life together does. Mm. <laughs> All right. So here's how this works. Uh, the DJs are given a theme and a week to come up with a 10 song playlist. Uh, then all the lists are delivered and we have 72 hours to listen to all the playlists before gathering here for the debrief and public release. Uh, and this was one of those themes that I had an immediate and specific reaction to. Well, actually, I had two immediate and specific reactions. One was to first read it as bass, of course. Uh, my first uh, CD player was actually a boombox that had bass expander, and I could not say it as anything other than bass expander. <laughs> but then I was saved by Chuck D stepping in and just getting me with bass. How low do you go? Death row. What a brother. And then I was off and running. Uh, so how about DJs? Uh, first reactions, riffs on this theme? I love bass. I love bass in all its forms. Um, every form. It just moves me. I appreciate it. And so this is my theme. I wanted to uh, I wanted to do something. I, I came up with this theme when we were doing quiet and everything was kind of depressing and I wanted something that would just bring joy. So and so, of course, I took it I as an agree opportunity that... to be a sad bastard. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I had the feeling that I typically do when uh, when we do this of just the huge oceans amounts of music that there is out there and just focusing on something as basic, as, as integral to music as bass, I felt overwhelmed yet all over again. Yeah. I got to agree with uh, what you were just saying, Rob, as far as the joy, because the baseline is often the source of joy for me in music. The baseline is what gets me moving. I mean, it's so driving, right? I mean, it, it covers so many bases. It's melodic, it's harmonic, it's uh, percussive, it's everything. It can be everything in a in a song. Um, and yeah, it also brings me joy when you just hear that really lovely, just droning in the 100 to 200 hertz range. It's Yeah, it makes me happy. Oh, yeah. And you guys hit some of my favorite baseline moments through these lists. Uh, but Jose, you get to be the first one to uh, share and break your list down for us. Uh, well, uh, when I when I heard the theme, I had that moment of just like putting everything into a inspo file. The biggest one yet. And um, of course, I went really ambitious and I wanted to... Uh, do a bass lines through the years, starting with the with the uh, bebop era. And uh, earlier this week, I was looking at it, and it was something like two hours so far of like going through time. So clearly, I had to winnow it down. And uh, this is like a baby version of that idea. I'm probably not going to share much thoughts other than, man, this was a great bass line. So prepare yourself for that. We start with uh, Sun Ra bassism and the idea here of getting an early impression of what the bass can do, uh, or at least what, uh, uh, to me, the bass really came into its own when uh, jazz began uh, gaining influence. And so bassism is kind of like, a, well, here, here's what the early masters did with this instrument. Um, and you kind of see uh, Sun, um, Sun Ra, uh, one of the first Afro uh, futurists in, uh, in pop culture, uh, just 
yeah, here's some rudimentary bass. This is what we can do. Here's some fucking around with it in the background. But the bass is the thing that is driving this song. So leave it to Charles Mingus to uh, five years earlier, give us one of the most rudimentary groove oriented bass driven songs in the world, the Haitian fight song. That bass being coy. So yeah, uh, that is 30 seconds of a 12-minute long epic bass-driven joy, fantasia, extravaganza. It it felt like uh, this song and uh, uh, the sidewinder. Um, are two, what I consider two really based, just, just masterpieces of their art. Uh, but if I included that one, that would have accounted for over 20 minutes of my list. And uh, no, one of them had to go. From there, we go, uh, skip forward 19 years and uh, join Tom Waits uh, from his uh, early album, Small Change, and Step Right Up. If you haven't heard the song, oh man, uh, it's so sit good. down get yourself some coffee it really is phenomenal the bass driving the song and tom waits it's patter is what makes this you know a chef's kiss of uh of musical joy uh from there we go over to little willie john um and the song my love is my love my love is a mountainside so fun so from it can come the time My love for you is a mountainside It stands so firm it can come the time That's why my love, my love is a mountainside I am not much of a musicologist. I have done what I consider to be a fair amount of research into trying to find who this bassist is. Um, I'm sure the answer is out there. I haven't dug deep enough quite yet, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me to learn that this is just a studio musician just being all kinds of awesome. The bass is one of two instruments that you hear here. And actually the rhythm section is just a snapping of fingers. So basically the bass is the song along with little Willie John's voice. And it is subtle, it is delightful, it is soft. The lyrics are swoon-worthy. And um, if you were looking for an, like, an intimate song, this would be it. An intimate song to express your love uh, to somebody, this would be that song. Until we get to Zach's list. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we haven't gotten there quite yet. Uh, in the meantime, we I wanted to jump forward and just show a fun side of the bass. And so... I couldn't think of anything better than the Barney Miller theme song. Um, yeah. It is quintessential. It, it is, I don't know, iconic. You think of bass lines as TV, this is the one you think about. Well, maybe Night Court, but that's not on this list, so fuck it. I usually, I usually listen before I look at the track list, and this was a delightful little surprise to pop up in the middle of the list. <laughs> and a bassist, a bassist will tell you that the top three songs that somebody tells you, asks you to play when they see you holding a bass is Seinfeld theme, Barney Miller theme, and Night Court theme in that order. <laughs> and then, so what was left is just, to, okay, here's some iconic bass lines, and that's what the rest of this list is. I don't have anything intelligent to say other than, man, Sugarloaf's Green Lady, that's a fucking kick-ass bass line. Listener. Easily up there. Up so there. Listener, we're all gurning right now. We're all just stank facing <laughs> to that. <laughs> we're all air basing like a bunch of idiots right now. Uh, I think the only thing that's that kind of challenges this, well, that's not the only thing, but the one that comes to mind right now would be Radar Love. 
that's a great baseline. And I would put that easily in the top five. So I'm going to go over to another great bassist in rock music's, uh, I don't know, pan- Pantheon. Uh, Sting uh, from Zenyatta Mondada. This is The Police is Driven to Tears. We've talked about Sting before in this podcast and how uh, after he went solo, his his reputation really went downhill. And the re- I believe that the reason he is still talked about at all as a musician is his output as a bassist uh, during his stint with the police. And this song is a good example of it. We move from the police to Roxy Music and uh, Love is the Drug. This is a British uh, band. Uh, this song came out in the time frame of uh, reggae really infiltrating itself uh, into British pop music. And this is a great example of it. This bass line is, exists because the Brits were listening to um, what the Jamaicans are put, were putting out. And that is something that I believe, uh, no, I know, um, Rob will touch on, on in his list. So I'll leave that conversation for later. And go into a little bit more of a a more artistic take on what the bass can do. The bassist for Soul Coughing uh, came up with a beautiful thing in this uh, just jagged piece called Collapse from the album Irresistible Bliss. Manager says he heard about some mulatto girl shot him in the mouth and left him in the hotel near the mid-south of a cell. Driving just keeps you going forward to the end. Uh, the energy of the song is is uh, catchy, and it's because of this bass line. I wanted to go somewhere a little bit more rudimentary with the bass line, um, and the Violin Femmes self-named uh, album, the Bu album, um, just in terms of acoustic punk. Uh, you you are going to be hard-pressed to find more out there than the Violent Femmes' self-named debut. Please do not go. Um, it is not a strictly a bass that we're listening to there. Maybe it's an acoustic bass guitar uh, because the sound is very distinctive and it's playful. It's probably the most playful bass line in, on this list. And so from there, I'm just going to go right over to Salt. The last song on my list is Think About It. This is from those five albums we talked about in the last list, in the um, uh, Guy Fox list. Uh, and this is just, base, the bass is the only thing in the song. don't know now you know that's my list right on rob and zach you got any uh, reactions uh, riffs or uh, responses to jose's list um sure absolutely jose this is another lovely uh lovely well put together list it made me so very happy particularly the opening crawl of the, th- the first three songs uh going from uh, sun Ra to mingus into tom waits was smooth peanut butter it was so it, it it just seemed to to uh flow together so beautifully and then finally we get the first the first vocals from tom waits which is just gonna make me happy you know that's gonna make me happy so uh that was a fantastic run i really appreciated that thank you so much i i pulled a green-eyed lady clip because yeah that is such a dirty beautiful bass line uh and I never really paid much attention to that song before uh, you put it on your list. And then uh, now now I can't stop listening to it. I think I, I listen to that most out of all the songs uh, in here. Uh, Soul Coughing is a, an act that I know exists, uh, that, I, uh, <laughs> that I appreciate. Every time I hear their shit, I'm like, who is this? Oh, Soul Coughing. Fantastic. I couldn't I couldn't name a single one of their songs, unfortunately. Where do I start with them? How do I crack them? Where do I where do I begin? Um I mean they they only put out first album is good. That's Ruby Broom. Um that is the most complete album. Okay. 
Um, from there, uh, Irresistible Bliss, that's where a lot of the songs that you would know come from Irresistible Bliss. Um, that one's more pop friendly and not a complete album, but there's a lot of bangers on that one. And then I didn't really listen to El Oso all that much. Um, the bits that I have heard after its release and time, uh, are good. I just don't know it as nearly as well as the other two. Got it. Cool. Well, you've given me some good jumping off. Yeah. You've given me some good jumping off points. Thank you for that. Uh, you're absolutely right. Spot on when you're talking about how Brian Ritchie's bass in the Violent Femmes uh, song, Please Do Not Go, uh, is playful. Because here you have a lot of virtuosos. Uh, you got Mingus, you got Sun Ra, you've got all these fantastic like uh, people who, who laid down the uh, the foundations for jazz bass. And then you have Brian Ritchie, who's just kind of almost a quarter rest behind all the time. It does sound like he's playing a standing bass. It does sound like he's playing like a double bass or a jazz bass. Um, but it, it's just, he's not quite on and that is the charm. That's the the garage acoustic punkness that you were that you had mentioned. That is that makes Violent Femmes Violent Femmes uh, fantastic shit. Again, um, lovely list. Thank you again, my man, for uh, for enabling my bass and blowing up my eardrums. <laughs> yeah, I loved this. I love this list, Jose. This is uh, I like I like the the contrast between your list and Rob's list. Your list is the kind of the analog, old fashioned love letter to the bass guitar and then rob's is obviously the digital version of that which we'll get to later i love charlie mingus man i mean yeah i loved him so much i put him on my list and we'll get to that later but uh yeah he was one of the heroes of kind of the hard bop movement which was my kind of my favorite era of jazz because it's the one where jazz kind of opened up and started incorporating rhythm and blues and gospel and funk and all this other stuff um things really did start getting interesting at that time yeah yeah it's it's just my fave um, there are three songs on this list that I had not heard in a very long time. And it made me sad and happy at the same time because it made me sad because I'm, I realize how old I'm getting to the point where I can fall in love with a song deeply and then completely forget about it and then hear it again 20 years later. And it's like, wait a minute, I know this, my body knows this song. My brain doesn't recognize it yet, but my body's reacting to it. And then I wrote, oh, God, yeah, this. So it was Little Willie John. It was My Love Is. I don't remember where I heard that. I think it might have been in a movie. But I remember just falling head over heels in love with that one. Uh, the It was featured heavily in uh, John Sale's Lone Star. There it is. Um, That's it. Thank you. I was looking it up. I was actually Googling. It's like, what movie was this used in? <laughs> yeah, it was Lone Star. Um, that one um, is just great. Uh, Love is the Drug, the last time I heard that, it was used in Casino, uh, the Martin Scorsese film, uh, over one of the many montages. And uh, I remember hearing it, not even bothering to look it up. I didn't care who it was. I just loved the groove. And then realizing later, it was like, oh, it was Roxy Music. Cool. I've heard a Roxy Music song now. And then Soul Coughing. I know that Ruby Vroom is is kind of their best, but Irresistible Bliss was my introduction to Soul Coughing. A friend of mine played the album for me one day and... Uh, and I just fell in love with it. And this one is interesting because uh, I got up and danced to this one, but I also kind of banged my head. Like, you know, like I was listening to a rock song. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is like, there's two different modes of moving to music or, or responding physically to music. One is dictated by the bass. And that's typically, I think, what we dance to, right? The bass is what's kind of getting, is what's getting us into the rhythm. And the drums are what makes us bang our heads because that's the percussion. This song has both like the bass is great, but I'm also really keying into those drums and the, the two of them together um, kind of made me, I imagine I looked really stupid because my body was like, I don't know what to respond to here. The bass or the drums, they're both so good. Uh, but that's, man, that's just a great track. And then, yeah, I'm going to have to do a deep dive into salt now because we've heard them a couple times. This, this was, this was great. It made me get up and get up and move. I loved, uh, I think in all three lists, I loved the way that you guys opened these lists. Uh, and it was, you know, that Sun Ra to Mingus was, drew me in perfectly. Um, and the, I bet the, the, the list opener that was the closest to my heart is in the list that's coming up next. Uh, Zach, what do you got for us? Well, I tried to tell the story with this one again, uh, but it's a very, I didn't spend a lot of time on the story. It's a very loose narrative that can be kind of broken up into just three simple acts that I won't spend too much time getting into. But um, the first, like, I would say three tracks that I put on the list were were 
I don't play them yet, but it's just the morphine track, the Barry White track, and the Jacob Astorius track. Just because I knew Yako had to be in there if we're going to do a bass list. Same goes for Barry White. And then when I had those in there, I was like, okay, who's singing these songs? This is clearly a you know somebody that likes to get in on and uh, is devoting is is you know that's that's just kind of like the part of their DNA as a singer songwriter is that they're they're trying to seduce you know seduce you. And so that's kind of where the the idea of Death of a Ladies Man came from, is I wanted to tell a story about a musician who was a bass player and moves to New York and and starts getting session jobs and eventually starts writing his own stuff, performing his own stuff, and, get, and kind of finds overnight success kind of at the height of the kind of disco funk era and uh, lives real hard, like, you know, enjoys his wealth and success with, you know, a plethora of drugs and especially women. And so the first half of this list, you know, and we'll start with we'll start with the first track, which I think just has one of the best opening bass lines of any song, which is uh, Buena by Morphine. Yeah, come on a little cause I want to see your face. You see I'm at a devil named Buena Buena. And since I met the devil, I'm feeling the same. Oh no. And I feel all right now, I have to tell you. That was a song where Sandman set his hook in my heart permanently. Right. And this is just what I was about to say. I really hope that anybody who has never heard Morphine before, I really hope this is the first song they hear because it is, it is everything the band is. For me, it was the best way to open my list because this is the lead. This is, this is the, our protagonist kind of announcing who he is and what he's about. And then from there, we go to Barry White. And, uh, you know, what more can I say about Barry that hasn't already been said? We can move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm get, it's getting a little hot. Are you guys hot? I'm just feeling a little. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like itchy hot. Um, and then from there we go to we go to Jakob Astorius. I have never heard a single Yako song. I've known I've, I've heard his name. I knew what he what he was. I had no idea what he sounded like. And my guess as to what he sounded like before hearing this was that he was there was like a. I thought he was another Yanni. I thought because he just he has that look that that kind of like European, like you know, this I like the instruments and the bid. But no, he was, uh, you know, he was he was part of that whole kind of Studio Fifty Four, like he did the, the, the funk and the R and B and stuff. And um, I just felt like it it fit the era and it fit the story. And then I kind of struggled to find another song to kind of round out this period. Um, and remembered that there was that, that Stanley Clark existed, and he was a guy that I also knew about, but hadn't really listened to a lot. And I found this, uh, I found this track, uh, "We Supply," which is just a, it's just a fun track. It's just super funky, late '70s stuff. And then we come to Esperanza, um, Esperanza Spalding, with her song "I Know You Know." The way you look at me when you think I'm not looking tells me such a sweet I mean song. Jesus Jesus Christ like just just those 30 seconds my god like <laughs> the amount that is that is being accomplished musically in that in that clip uh so Esperanza Spalding is a phenom um she's the youngest faculty member at the Berkeley College of Music she got in when she was 20 20 wow uh she won best new artist at the Grammys when she was a virtual unknown beating out Drake and Justin Bieber and she's just this insanely amazing singer songwriter bass player producer arranger she just you know she's she's in the fuck that guy category but i mean at yep, the highest 100%. level of respect um and in the story she represents the woman that comes into our protagonist's life and uh he they just fall desperately in love with each other but then of course he being him who he is manages to uh fuck it up by you know 
falling, falling, falling off the wagon or cheating or just kind of doing whatever he does. And then, then we come to um, a song that I feel is one of my defining songs. Uh, something that I, I heard as a, as a young man and yeah, let's just go ahead and play a little bit of Lush Life. Then you came along with your siren song to tempt me to madness. I thought for a while that your poignant smile was tinged with the sadness of a great love for me. All of you so, ended up submitting clips for that song. Yeah. <laughs> All of you chose that as, as the, the one in this list. It's a great one. Um, so when I was in my early 20s, I was singing a lot of jazz. I was in a, a vocal jazz ensemble at Bellevue College, and we would tour and do stuff. And then some of us would get a chance to sing a solo song. And this was the one that I would always uh, sing. This, like, this song kind of got me started. It, it kind of started me singing uh, jazz. And... I essentially just copied Johnny Hartman. Um, he and Billy Eckstein and Joe Williams were of the kind of the, the bass baritone uh, league of, of jazz singers, but Hartman is the most unsung of those three, which is really unfortunate. Um, he didn't record a ton, but he just has this sensitivity and vulnerability that I don't think any other male vocalist of his generation had. And it was very quiet and not showy at all. Um, but it didn't, it didn't need to be. This is also the only time that I think John Coltrane collaborated with a vocalist, which I think was really surprising at the time and something that people still talk about because Coltrane was just such a hard focused, um, jazz musician. And for him to, to do an album with a crooner was kind of unheard of. Um, and yet I think it's one of the best things he's ever done. So, um, our protagonist at this point in his life, uh, you know, has, has royally fucked up this relationship and now he's. He's living the life of a, of a kind of a romantic recluse and going to bars and getting lost in the drink. Um, and then years later, he and his his former flame uh, meet up and reflect on on old times. And this is where we come to uh, Funny How Time Slips Away by Tennessee Ernie Ford, which I think I had mentioned in our previous list. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because it was Fred Neal, Fred Neal that got me talking about uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford. And so that, that went in there. So. Death of a Ladies Man is the name of a Leonard Cohen album and song, um, which I was not planning on using because Leonard Cohen at that point in his career uh, didn't sound like Satan, and I wanted him to sound like Satan. So I just waited for him <laughs> to get older, and I went for uh, You Want It Darker. If you are the dealer, I'm out of the game. If you are the healer, means I'm broken and lame. If thine is the glory, then... Mine must be the shame. You want it darker. We kill the flame. So this is, you know, one of the last songs that Leonard recorded. I think he's kind of similar to Bowie in that, you know, they they both recorded these these albums when they knew that they were their time was coming and their albums as a result were infused with this uh this kind of spiritual kind of, you know, wisdom that they were, you know, I don't know, just, just reflecting on their lives and kind of talking about mortality and stuff. And this is kind of our protagonist, our protagonist's dark night of the soul. You know, he's, it's, it's his last night and he's, he's kind of succumbing to whatever he's put his body through over the, over the years. And then of course, our protagonist's death is represented by uh, Lonesome Valley by the Fairfield Four. <laughs> to go That gets right. That gets right into my spine, dude. Whenever that happens, I love that. Um, and then our last track is is uh, is Charlie. Um, Goodbye, pork pie hat was a song that Charles wrote for Lester Young, who was uh, I, I forgot. Um, this is embarrassing. I think he's a sax player. 
He was. Yeah, Tim Sack. Yeah. And he was a he was a contemporary of Mingus. They played together a lot. They loved each other. And he died uh, kind of before his time, as did. And this is something I kind of reflected on after I put the list together. Uh, some other folks on this list died before their time. And that's I think that was another kind of overarching theme. You know, Mark Sandman died on stage of a heart attack in his, in his 40s. Uh, Jakob Astorius was beaten to death outside of a bar. So, yeah, that kind of tied in as well. Again, sad bastard stuff all over. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that's just kind of how I operate. But, yeah, I was I was happy with um, the way this this one came together. Well, that's what I got. Yeah, there was some sad bastardness just in that is in that theme base, and for me, it was on the vocal side as where the sad bastard base was going to come. And if there was no Tom Waits and Leonard Cohen in these lists, I would have been highly, highly disappointed. <laughs> uh, Robert Jose, you got some uh, takes on Zach's list? Uh, yes. Um, uh, uh, so uh, thank you for. Sh- I had no idea you were a jazz vocalist in your young adulthood. And now I, buddy, I realize now why the sad bastard was the route you were going to take. You had a chance. You had hope (laughs) all the way through high school. You would have been just fine. And then you became a jazz vocalist. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm so sorry. It's also clear Um, now. Your your fate was sealed. Uh, You didn't even know it. Um, really briefly, the, the, well, as briefly as I can do, um, the one, two, you were right to point out the one, two, three, uh, of your opening set there. It, it just, one just leads right into the other. Um, we, we're going to, this group is going to sing the, uh, the praises of morphine for time for a little bit of time to go. So I'm going to save some, some of my ammo for later on. I will say that Barry White in following up came up with something that was actually very wholesome. This song, you know, given what the, the first hit um, that he had, which mm, going to love you, uh, not love to love you, baby. It was can't get enough of your love, baby. Thank you. Thank you. I am that annoying team, a member of the family and family feud. It's just like, <laughs> what? No. Uh, so, yes, the, the following this, that up with this is just delightful. Uh, I too have not heard much of uh, Jacob Pastorius. Jaco? Jaco Pastorius? Jaco, yeah. I am going to trust you guys to guide me through that particular uh, oeuvre. Um, he is very interesting. Uh, the time frame is one that I'm very soft on in terms of jazz. Um, I like my hard bop. I, I like things that are kind of oriented along those lines. And when Miles came along and started introducing all this, all this electronic shit with, with uh, bitches brew, I, <laughs> so I'm still kind of learning my way through all of that electronic improv jazz. Leads me to Stanley Clark, uh, which reminds me of a conversation we had this week on our, um, our uh, Discord list uh, regarding um, Kenny G, that before Kenny G became known as this uh, producer of PAP, he was actually, he, in Rob's words, he fucked. Uh, my impression of Stanley Clark up, up until this song specifically was that he did not fuck, that he was another Kenny G. And imagine my surprise as we listen to the song of just how much he fucked. <laughs> God damn this song. Um, Goes hard. Yeah, it really does. Uh, and another introduction for me, Esperanza Spalding. I, nope, nope, not a clue. Uh, finding out the resume through you, Zach, is like, oh, that's that's really impressive. Um what I like about this, oh, well, one of the many things that I like about these two songs, the Esperanza Spalding and the John Coltrane, is that the moment I started listening to it, I felt like I had just stepped into a jazz club mm. and like a, a really good jazz club and not a fancy rich one like the, you know, Jazz Alley downtown. This is like, a no, these people know what they're doing. They're going to give you the straight shit. Just sit down, shut the fuck up and enjoy your booze because they're going to take you on a ride. Uh, following Esperanza with John Coltrane, I think was a master touch. You, uh, Zach, talk about like how I combine songs and make it just a delicious sandwich. For me, this, these two songs are that sandwich. This is the delicious hors d'oeuvre uh, from this list. We talked about <laughs> sealing your fate with uh, following Johnny Hartman on Lush Life. Yeah, man. Um, 
when the song came on, though, this is the first time listening through your list that I felt like, oh, here we go into sad bastard territory. We're just going to go straight to the ground with this. Just just, you know, take take your fucking Prozac and enjoy the rest of this list, because the the melancholy sets in for the rest of this list here and the celebration of that melancholia uh, and combining that with a baseline, I think, is the master touch of the second half of this list. Uh, and I, I think that holds true with every single one of the what you have left. Uh, the Pork Pie Hat, great song. One of my favorite Mingus cuts uh, ever. I love that you closed the set with it. And um uh, I'm going to need from both of you just a where exactly Leonard Cohen for me. Here's my experience with Leonard Cohen. Pump up the volume uh, was my introduction to Leonard Cohen. Uh, then I got into the the best of the 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 early Leonard Cohen stuff, and then it's all like bits and pieces of his Satan sounding voice. So where did that turn take place? Uh, I'll take my answer off uh, off. When I'm off the line, you know, even if when we're done recording this, but I want to find out where Leonard Cohen started going down this avenue of just going further and further and further into the black. Um, but yeah, uh, as usual, Zach, another great list. Thank you very much. Another education and another uh, just thoroughly enjoyable list. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Across the board, agreed with Jose. I love the fact that you made a story. I identified immediately that you were telling a story. It was very, very clear. And much like uh, Jim said last uh, session, wherein he he teaches his his students, his creative writing students, that you know stories tell you how to take in the story. I knew exactly what was going on uh, because of it. Uh, I set my story, however, uh, that I was telling differently slightly differently i said it in a retirement community uh it was a, 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 a silver fox gentleman who actually had his harem of, of ladies that he worked through uh who just started dropping off and dying off on him uh until he, he came to his his one that 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 he fell in love with which was uh esperanza spaulding's uh song but she falls off and so that gives us into to cohen uh getting darker and then he just kind of gives up and, and goes off to that lonely valley Buena, of course, it's a fantastic uh, introduction to this list. You uh, you hit it out of the park. You could have, if you wanted to, from the same album, used Thursday, which is a little more libidinous of a song. But I'm glad you used Buena because it's it's the, the boom, 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 boom. It's just mm, tasty. Barry White, uh, when when you're listening to songs on Spotify, I have the like the artist information over the side, and Barry White's portrait is there. Uh, he's all Jerry curled out. His beard is perfectly lined up. He's got those bedroom eyes, those cat-like bedroom eyes staring at you while he's singing this song. Basically, you're listening to him fuck uh, in your in your ears. And he's he, he he made me feel funny as if he was like, yeah, you you like to listen, don't you? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Stanley Clark, I'm with you, Jose, in terms of uh, uh, I didn't know how much how hard that guy went, how hard that guy fucked, especially like when, when the vocals drop. He's like, hello, do you like bass and bass like apparel? <laughs> well, we're going to bring you the funk now. Let's go. Uh, which is fantastic. And then, and then he comes d- down to some of the dirtiest funk. Uh, fantastic. You, my friend, are uh, are cheating. You fucking cheated with Esperanza Spalding. I'm sorry. That's cheating. Zach. And I, I do Sorry. not accept that. Uh, no, mostly I'm jealous because I fucking forgot about her. I, 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 I would have found a spot for her had I remembered uh, about Esperanza Spalding. But I'll, I'll get to that when I talk about my list. I'm going to bang through this further. Uh, when Tennessee Ernie Ford came up, I thought of you talking about Fred Neal because at first I thought it was Fred Neal. You're very, very right. Fred Neal has that v- very much uh, seems to take from Tennessee Ernie Ford. Um, so spot on there, uh, Lonesome Valley. I want to talk about that D2 of Destiny because um, that that low, low note that that the bass part hits. When I first saw Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I said to myself, I'm going to hit that note. I'm going to hit that note. And I made it a goal. For the past 23 years, I've made it a goal to hit that note and, and it put it into my tessitura. Uh, I finally hit it two years ago, uh, but I had to cheat a little bit, but I finally got it. But that is that is a, a shower song of mine, and uh, I, I often will sing it 
in the shower just to see what my voice is in the morning. Uh, so thank you so much for adding that. I also introduced, or I also auditioned, uh, come on, come over Jacob Pastorius as well. I, I went a different route. Um, you, uh, Jose, you were asking, or you were saying earlier, uh, you don't know really much about his work. He, he did a lot of work with Joe Zawanil and, um, Wayne Shorter in, in weather report. He was, uh, the basis for weather report for, okay. for most of, okay. most of their career, his own stuff, it's studio, uh, a lot of studio work as well. Uh, absolute monster, but oh, I'm going to get into him when I talk about my list. So I won't go into much more of that. Um, Again, Zach, you hit it out of the park. Thank you for understanding the assignment. Um, you made me happy. Thanks, brother. Uh, so, Rob, you are uh, bringing it up uh, the uh, the rear with our last list. What do you got for us? Yes, yes. Okay, so what I wanted to do, I wanted to celebrate all of bass as much as possible in all of its forms, vocal, uh, uh, jazz bass, uh, electric bass, uh, synth bass. I wanted to do uh, Russian octavism, and then, of course, the wubs and the dubs and the 808s. Uh, I only got a portion of all of that. Uh, I had to un- unfortunately forego the jazz bass in mine, uh, but you guys will thankfully uh, took up the slack for that. So I, I very much appreciate that. My my idea with this wasn't to tell a story, but to take uh, the listener on a tonal journey. I wanted to Sherpa them up a mountain of bass, starting very, very calmly and then moving up and up and up uh, more uh familiar territory for the listener trying to keep in mind that the listener might not be uh might might be challenged by some of the shit that i'm going to throw at them and i i throw some challenging shit at the end um but i wanted to sort of train the ear and give get, give people runway to get used to the some of the shit that i throw at them and then by the end get them up to the top to base camp where uh where they can just kind of chill out and and uh vibe with a lovely little uh rendition of uh, Over the Rainbow, sung by an incredible bass vocalist. So I start out with Jacob Astorius, yay, uh, Portrait of Tracy, uh, a beautiful, beautiful song that shows off Jaco's ability and just absolute command of harmonics on the bass. classic and I, I think it's a it, it lives in my heart this piece uh, one of my favorites of his i follow that up into uh, uh the brothers johnson strawberry letter 23 uh lawrence john thunder thumbs johnson uh, does some incredible ridiculous uh stuff on the bass here Playful stuff as well. Uh, they they do stuff in like the right channel. There's like an overdubbed bass line that that gets uh, piped in that doesn't quite seem to fit, and it's very playful and fun. Um, but also, it, it's it's familiar. It's lilting, and it, it's here we're we're kind of at the the foothills of the Mount Bass. Uh, so we're still trying. You know, we're, we're still getting our strides in. Uh, not quite hitting the hard stuff quite yet. Uh, before I move into another uh, familiar piece uh, from Kajagugu, who you wouldn't think is much, you know, celebrated much in bass, but um, this song, Too Shy, Nick Beggs, uh, his bass in this is fucking ridiculous. He's he's a goddamn monster. He's all over the place and uh, just showing some virtuoso shit. And he was fucking like 20 or 21 when he recorded this song. Uh, but just just telling he's still he's he's still out and about doing work as well from there i go uh i I move away from electric bass uh and i start getting into the 808s and i wanted to still be in familiar territory for the listener so uh i i added some hip-hop where uh, the godfather the grandfather the inventor of mumble rap himself future and mask off 
Yeah, in Mask Off, I mean, it, it's 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 full of the eight oh eights. It's full of the, the 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 good the good droney bass that you'd hear coming out of cars or uh, sounds fantastic in headphones. Uh, he uh, uses a, a lovely sample from a musical tribute to uh, MLK called Selma from that uh, from a song called uh, um, I think Prison Song is what it's called. Absolutely gorgeous. Then we start moving into a little harder, more unfamiliar territory where we go into Mungo's Hi-Fi with Sum T uh, with Jump Off Quickly. This is a sound system group out of uh, Glasgow. Uh, sound system uh, music is a... Uh, it, it's often loop, uh, wrote, sort of looped in with reggae because that's the, that's the basis of what they use. But sound system culture is something that came out of Jamaica in the 40s and 50s when people uh, uh, wouldn't have enough money to go to a show, let's say, or to buy a, a system for themselves. So little communities would create these massive sound systems and play records for the community. And that would sometimes become a source of competition between communities where competing uh, sound systems would go up against each other. Sometimes it would get violent and the loser of the sound system challenge, uh, the, the selector sound system would get destroyed by the winner. Um, but this is the sound system culture, uh, dance hall music, and dub uh, are what give us very much are, are the basis for not only hip hop, but also our EDM music today. So dubstep comes out of the uh, the dub culture of taking taking old reggae uh, songs and then and dubbing them, bringing the bass forward to give the selectors something new to play when they do their sound system things. So... Um, Mungo's Hi-Fi, again, and Sum T out of, out of Glasgow, they're a uh, sound system group that created this <laughs> absolute banger uh, of a song, uh, which uh, incredible lyrics, great wubs, um, and uh, it, it makes my head vibrate. <laughs> From there, we move on to bass nectar. Now, here we're getting into dubstep uh, and more EDM and, 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 and that form of bass. And I, this is the part where I'm like, okay, group, go ahead and strap on your oxygen masks. We're, we're starting our ascent. Uh, into uh, up to the, the the summit of Base Mountain, uh, Basehead is a very very special record for me, uh, or, or very special track for me. Every time I hear it, I, I actually have this a, a good EDM, good dubstep tells a story in my head. I create a story or a, a, a film or a video of it in my head. And uh, Basehead, I do have a film that plays in my head when I hear the song. I've actually I've got storyboards and sketches. Uh, because I would love to animate this thing someday, but I'm not an animator. So I, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I, every time I hear this thing, I've got this movie that plays in my head that is brilliant. And so I had, to, I had to add that in there as my introduction into the dubstep world. From there, we go on to uh, Grizz, Ella's a Dream, but this is mostly Grizz's work uh, with Funkanaut, which is a very swingy dubstep piece that, uh, that starts out very gridded, like the, uh, the 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 beats and the music are are very much on the measure, but when it gets more into the chorus, it starts to swing, and it just makes me dance every fucking time. I absolutely adore that track. From there, we go into Res X Death Pact, uh, uh, Chemical Bond. This one slayed me. I actually asked a uh, a colleague at work who's a big basshead. I was like, "What are you listening to these days?" Because I need some I need some ammo. And he gave me a list of 10 songs that, that blew my head uh, clean off, and this was one of them.
Rez is a young uh, Ukrainian producer uh, who got her start uh, basically being a fangirl of, of uh, Dead Mouse, and uh, then ended up working with Dead Mouse. Uh, here she's working with Death Pact, who uh, who isn't as prolific as Rez, but Rez, I believe, is is going to is the kind of act that uh, sort of creates a whole new form of 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 music or of the of the genre. But Death Pact is the one who kind of draw drew me into this one because he's the one who introduces that that wah 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 uh, in the chorus. Uh, that's very much uh, his or their uh, uh, their motif. Uh, and this one, if you put on the three second crossfade, it ends and flows beautifully into the finale where we get to the apex, the, the summit of base mountain with subtronics X excision asteroid excision, uh, is sort of the driving force behind the chorus. He excision is very much known for, uh, doing very thrashy bro step, uh, very few lows, very few mids, a lot of highs. So those high whistles, that 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 the driving, driving thrashy baseline in the chorus, that's excision. But uh, the musicality, the playfulness of uh, of this this track, that's all Subtronics, who is uh, an incredible musician in his own right. And when they, the two of them came together to do this one, I uh, I, I listened to nothing else that weekend except for this <laughs> this this record. Um, and then finally, we've made it to the top. And we have this this beautiful rendition of Over the Rainbow, uh, sung by David Kahn, uh, accompanied by John D'Amico. David Kahn is a uh, a vocalist who uh, I've, I've actually learned a lot from. I found him on YouTube a couple of years ago when I wanted to. Uh, I saw a video of him in sitting in a stairwell, singing a uh, F sharp one. Uh, he, he was scaling down and he, sh- he sang in this F sharp one, but he used uh, subharmonics to uh, subharmonic bass to hit that. And it it, it, it it didn't sound like a note. It sounded like a fucking gutter pipe. And I was like, who is this guy? And how did he hit that note? And because of him, he taught me, uh, I, I learned how to do subharmonic singing, uh, subharmonic bass singing through, through this guy. This guy has a seven octave range. Absolutely incredible. And if you... Uh, you can find his stuff out on Spotify. He is uh, fantastic. Lift him up because he's deserving of uh, of love and respect. Anyway, that's my list. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your uh, journey up Base Mountain. Here we are. There, there was a lot in that list that was new, unfamiliar to me. And I think you you managed that balance that you were talking about really well of just giving us enough of the familiar to really ground me and then like I think opened me up to a lot of the things that were unfamiliar or were more challenging so I you nailed that balance just right good because I wanted to care for, I wanted to care for the listener and, and particularly their ears yeah it, 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 it was it walked that line just right uh, Jose or Zach you got some uh, responses to Z- Drob's list yeah I'll uh I'll jump in um this list had some health benefits for me Rob in that uh, it cleared my sinuses. Yep. <laughs> uh, I get pretty stuffy uh, during the day and especially in the evening when I'm you know about to go to bed and um, this just kind of opened me up. It was great. I was just ah. Um, so I'm typically I'm, I'm not I'm not going to say I'm not a fan. I'm just going to say I'm not somebody that listens to this particular subgenre of EDM that people sometimes refer to as wub wub. It doesn't hit. It doesn't. It doesn't hit the, the part of my body that I needed to hit, which is which is my heart. It is meant to be experienced as a whole body experience, which I appreciate. This this actually made me think of. So on TikTok, there's this guy named uh, DJ Hato H A T O, uh, who is he's a DJ, and he his entire TikTok is just him listening to EDM, um, dubstep, uh, you know, all manner of of electronic music, and just reacting. And it's infectious just watching because this guy is so deeply passionate about this music. And you just see music affecting him in this very profound way. But just to watch him react, and you know, there's like different levels to his reaction. Sometimes he'll just be, he'll just be like, you know, just just his face contorts, and he's just like, Ugh! and then other times <laughs> he will just jump up out of his seat. He's got he's got a pair of headphones with this massive long cord, which is on purpose so that he can move around if he needs to. And then he'll just start bopping and you know shaking around. I thought about this guy a lot when I was listening to this because. Um, I think an important part about when you're when you're being introduced to a sound that you don't normally listen to, curation is everything. You want to hear the best that that genre has to offer, and I think these these songs 
were interesting to me. I was just like, ooh, I love what's what's happening here. I love the way this is building. And it also made me th- think about a lot of uh, beatboxers that are out now that are achieving these sounds with their bodies. It's it's yeah. amazing. Like the uh, the res track, I, I, like beatboxers have have perfected that now. They can achieve that with their mouths, which is just insane. Mm-hmm. I liked the first half of the list a, a, a ton. I love the Yako track. I love the Strawberry Letter 23. I knew that the Brothers Johnson version existed, and then that that one is actually the that's the radio hit. But the one that I actually came up on was the Shuggy, the original Shuggy Otis uh, version, which is also fantastic. That song was actually I thought of you as sort of my hat tip to you because uh, uh, Girl Talk. We both love Girl Talk, and uh, he uses that in All Day. In uh, yeah. Oh no, the first track off of all day. He uses this. Yeah. He pairs it up with a uh, ice cream paint job, which Yeah, ice cream paint job. <laughs> it's so good. The the Kajagugu, of course, that's that's great. And that's a song that I never really uh thought about the bass line too much with. So it was great to 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 have you kind of reframe that for me. It's just like, no, 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 listen to the bass. Uh Mungo's Hi-Fi Man. That was the first one where I was just like, ooh, yeah, this is good. This is I forget actually how much I really do enjoy uh dubstep. There's it's it's similar to kind of how I responded to a lot of the stuff on Jose's track where just that bass just kind of just lifts my body. I'm just like, okay, no, I'm just reacting. I don't really have a choice. And really just those four tracks uh, from from bass nectar on to uh, subtronics is just a uh, it's a strap in experience. And uh, I like that. It's kind of like the aural equivalent of seeing a movie in IMAX. You know, you're just <laughs> you're just allowing for. Uh, this, this this sensory overload to kind of take you over. Uh, David Kahn, man, this guy's a fucking alien freak of nature. I don't, I, I was trying to figure out like, is this being manipulated in any way? Because his vibrato does this weird thing where it sounds like it's being manipulated electronically. I, it's really hard to describe. Like there's the standard vibrato, which you hear, but then this other thing comes in that I was just like, what is he doing? Yeah, his register is just so far open that 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 when he uh, employs vibrato, his glottal uh, soft palate just sort of gets in the way, and that, that completely cuts out the uh, the tonality of the of the notes. And it's it's just him; he's just that open. Yeah, it's unreal. Um, and then him climbing climbing up that octave range at the at the end, I was just like, okay, <laughs> uh, you will go far. You will go far. Indeed. Um, I liked I liked the progression of this list. Uh, I felt I felt the ascent. I felt the I felt my ears popping. I felt uh, you know all of the uh, all of the, the 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 physical conditions of of, of climbing a mountain uh, through music. I thought you you captured that really well. So good job. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, I'm gonna echo a lot of what Zach is saying here. Um, uh, <laughs> the, with me with this list. Um, the, the first four, I would, let's just go ahead and call the first four, the first act of this, like the setting up the, the exposition of where, where it is that we're going. Uh, a lot of this kind of, like I thought with the, with the exception of Jacob Pastorius, every, uh, everything else was like, okay, yeah, no, this could have easily gone on my list. This totally fits, uh, the brothers Johnson in particular, I probably would have gone with the Shuggy just, uh, for reasons. Um, uh, but I was glad that you went with the Brothers Johnson here. It's just a, a touchstone, uh, a soul touchstone, particularly. Uh, and that was one that I never really, both with this and the Kaja Gugu, I never really stopped to think about the baseline in both of those things. Uh, what I got from the Kaja Gugu is like, we really need to appreciate the British bass players. What is it about Britain that created this this maybe it's, it was the influence of reggae and, yeah. and Jamaican music and mod and, that, and, that and ska. That Absolutely. Yeah. The, the tradition of the British bass player has been around for a while. Uh, and I just wanted to tip, tip the cap over in that general direction. And then uh, Mungo's hi-fi came on and I, 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 I quoted uh, the Patton movie. It's like, ah, oh, Rommel, you glorious bastard. I read your book um, <laughs> because I recognized it's like, oh, no, this is this is just a continuation of the list I was trying to make. That two hour long list of tra- uh, following the base and the baseline through history, through, you know, uh, starting with with jazz and bebop and just like going where wherever it was that it took and your exploration of uh of reggae and dub into dubstep um 
the the five, song number five is song number six from Mungo's Hi-Fi Two Bass Nectar. That connective tissue is right there, and I was greatly appreciative. God damn, do I love Jump Up Quickly. Yeah. I hadn't heard it before up until this point, but man, that was right up my alley. Yeah. And uh I I got the goose flesh going when that when when it did the switch. Bass nectar was a new fun thing. Grizz is a new fun thing, but res resonated with me hard. Oh, yeah. Very, very hard. I just like I had to listen to that song like about three or four times when I first ran into it. Uh it's got the little green heart right there. Um just thank you very much for that recommendation. I am going to f- try to follow this this act as much as possible. Dude. I am hooked, deeply hooked. And I could say the same thing about Asteroid. Uh, the difference being that Asteroid is somehow darker, uh, which, um, you know, given that the third listen of uh, of Chemical Bond, I never would have thought, ah, this, yeah, but no. Uh, Asteroid went even harder. <laughs> and so I appreciate it. But uh, the, the, listening to grooves in my car version of me is going to stick to res. Um, so appreciative of, of the subtronics. I will listen to them more, but res res wins out this time through. And I got to say, I was like, uh, when I saw over the rainbow on the list, I was like, really? Uh, okay. All right. Let's see where this goes. Thank you. Thank you very You're much. Welcome, David Kahn makes a huge impression. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you've used them before in any of our lists. So this was a, this was a big thing. So thank you for that because uh, I hate that song as a porter, as a person <laughs> alien to uh, to American culture. I mean, alien in the sense that I came from it from a different angle. Over the rainbow is so over fucking hyped. Oh, yeah. So the fact that I was able to uh, sit still for two uh, minutes and fifty seconds for of that song says a lot. It wasn't my first choice, but it just it just kind of hit that really nice breath at the end of of the ascent. Right. I, I felt. Um, so yeah, agreed. Agreed. I don't know if any of you agree, but it felt like this with this particular theme, the three lists go together really well. Like in a, a single listening session, could go from list to list to list and have a really good and sort of cohesive experience. I think there was more distance in your takes on, on other times with these. They're all very different, and yet they just work really w- well together. Like I, that's my first listen was just all three lists in a row. And the only reason I knew when it changed list to list is I can't escape noticing the first song when I, when I load them up on Spotify. And I think that uh, I'm guessing that one of the lists birthdays is kind of an outlier compared to the other two. Uh, Rob, have you got those uh, broken down for us? I do indeed. And we're, we're about to find out one, one quick note. I wanted to just finally uh, put a button on, on my list. Our Spotify rap just, just dropped and uh, it shows you like, you know, the most listened songs and basically, my t- top ten most listened songs was this list. Just you know, for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so dear listener, uh, if you don't know, I uh, take the release year of every single one of our songs, and I average them out, and I find the spiritual birthday of each of our lists, starting with Jose's. Uh, his list, Bass Man Jacked was born on August 20th, 1977. That's August 20th, 1977 at 1021 a.m. Jose, you were not in a fucking show, mate. No, <laughs> no. I was in Puerto Rico. Uh, it was, And the reason I know this is because I have a brother who was born that year. Uh, he was born in late August, so there was a hurricane. And uh, odds of my mom uh, either going to or being in the hospital to deliver about said brother are very, very high. Got it. That's where I was. At. Excellent. That's that's good grounding for you then. Works perfectly. It was also the date that the U.S. launched uh, Voyager 2, just FYI. Hmm. Jose, your U.S. number one song for that day was Best of My Love, The Emotions. Okay. Which, nice. Yeah, I'll take it. absolutely. That's a good song. And yeah. UK, UK number one song was uh, was uh, Angelo, Brotherhood of Man. Not familiar. I listened to it once. I wasn't familiar either. It's it's all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zach, your list, Death of a Ladies Man, bass, was born on March 14th, 1983 at 1.12 a.m. That's March 14th, 1983 at 1.12 a.m. Uh, probably asleep, but that was right around the time that I was was probably in a theater watching Return of the Jedi for the first time. That sounds about right. Yep. 
Uh, your U.S. number one hit song was Billie Jean, Michael, Michael Jackson. Wow. Excellent. Okay. Nice. And your U.K. number one song was Totally Clips of the Heart. Bonnie Tyler. Ooh. <laughs> Couple of bangers. Yeah, absolute bangers. 100%. Turn around, bright eyes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my list, Wub or The Ascent to Base Camp. Uh, was born on July 1st, 2006 at three o'clock in the afternoon. At that time, I was uh, knee-deep in a relationship that would take me far away to Turkey. So so I was making plans on moving to uh, to another country around that time. My U.S. number one hit song was uh, Do I Make You Proud, Taylor Hicks. Mm-mm, mm-mm, nope. Uh, nope, no, you don't. I refuse that one. <laughs> I do not, Taylor. Sorry, mate. Uh, my UK number one hit song was Maneater, Nelly Furtado, huh. which uh, uh, was was produced by Timberland. You know how you know uh, Timberland produces song because he's in the fucking song. Every single one of his songs, Timberland did. <laughs> and those are our birthdays, gentlemen. So thank you all for joining us again for the Needle Exchange. If you're enjoying this podcast and newsletter, please consider dropping a review or a comment on our Substack, or tell your friends and family about us. But more than anything else, we just want you to come back, join us once again to share some music on the Needle Exchange. <laughs>